Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Marche de Nain Rouge has French roots that go back centuries. But this event, it is all Detroit. Having Detroit culture too and design... Part of the parade is exploring, you know, our own culture and history and design heritage, really. That is totally Detroit. And to think, this all began with a little red goblin being blamed for burning down the city. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Back in 2010, a group of Detroiters started the Marche de Nain Rouge. That's a parade that celebrates the city and helps to rid the area of bad vibes caused by a little red troll. No, I'm serious. The latest edition of the parade kicks off this weekend in the Cass Corridor. But like, what is behind all of this? That sounds like a job for Annie Scaramazzino and I. Annie, on this podcast more than once, you and I, we've talked about legends. Everybody loves a good legend. And Legends can look a lot of different ways, but here in Detroit, Annie, there's one that's well-known, or at least now it's well-known, even though it's pretty old. One thing that I thought, you know, was so interesting starting to talk about this particular legend, which of course is the Nain Rouge, is that it really embraces the French origins of Detroit. And Detroit is obviously, you know, it has just this vast array of different cultures and and communities and things like that. Um, But we are a French founded city. So what's interesting is that, you know, that's actually one culture that that you don't see a lot in Detroit as far as like events go. Obviously, it's in the names of our streets and our buildings and the founders names are all over everything. But we don't have a lot of French celebrations in Detroit, you know, something similar to like Mardi Gras is for New Orleans. And this is Detroit's sort of answer to that. The Nain Rouge has history dating back to France, but also it's probably a a mashup of both French, like European and Native American legend. It's a mischief maker, Luton, or some people think it's a guardian, but it's a spirit that dwells in the city of Detroit. The name Rouge appears that a lot of the things that happened that are bad, the fire of 1805, Detroit's surrender to the British, you know, all the way through to like ice storms in 1976 and other things throughout the ages. So it's an old story and it's a legend that has been used and we've used it too. Francis Grunau, a Detroit organizer, he and some of his friends, they loved the idea so much that he and others, they decided to throw a party of sorts. And, you know, I got to say, Annie, this is unlike anything else in the city, which is probably why it's so much fun. And it's relatively new. You know, it's just over a decade old. First started in 2010. 
So it was a relatively new concept, even to lifelong Detroiters. Some people might have heard this legend before, but this was the first time that it was really sort of brought to the forefront as a full-on celebration of sorts. It's Detroit's answer to Mardi Gras. But what they noticed about Mardi Gras, which was so interesting, is that, you know, in the aftermath of something as terrible as Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans really leveraged the positivity surrounding Mardi Gras as a way to sort of bring the community out of those hard times and go back to the streets and celebrate and have fun. We had this idea to think about another French city, New Orleans, that has its traditions of Mardi Gras. You know, why doesn't Detroit have something like that? And the timing for us was Detroit basically going into bankruptcy and really struggling with a lot of economic and social issues. The question of, you know, why don't we have something similar to to sort of give us a sense of relief of community, like a day off for the whole city in similar ways that Mardi Gras serves. And so our question was, well, you know, if there are so many similarities between New Orleans and Detroit, they're founded around the same time, French origins, so much contribution to arts and culture and music and different peoples coming together. What if Detroit always celebrated something similar like Mardi Gras, but what would it look like if it was its own Detroit version? Anna, you mentioned that it's relatively new, but it's not brand new. 13 years later, the name Rouge is somewhat of a household name, at least in certain circles, certainly in the city of Detroit, and maybe a little bit outside of the city, too. I spoke to Erin Ellis, Annie, and she had never heard of the name at all before, and I'll be honest, the Marche de Nain Rouge is how I learned about the legend of the Nain Rouge. You know, but for Erin, the first time she heard it, Annie, it was kind of like a, what do you want to do? I was like, okay, I mean, I believe you. (laughs) If you're telling me this is true, Francis and some of the other folks who were involved in the first parade and kind of initiated this event are historians of a sort. So I thought, okay, well, this just must be one more thing that they've uncovered in their hobbies and interests of learning Detroit history. And so from them, and I think I remember like their costumes being very much like placing us back into, I think, the 1700s. And so I did read it more as something they had pulled up, whether or not, you know, the name as we know it and see it is what was going on, you know, in the 1700s or 1800s. But I didn't doubt that they had uncovered something, whether or not it looks like the modern rendition of the name. I I think my favorite sort of reaction that we've heard from all the folks we've talked to is, and I said to Francis when we were talking to him too, that, you know, obviously they would have to go to the city of Detroit to get all of the ordinance together and make sure that the, the festival could take place and the street could be shut down and that everything is safe. And, you know, to present something like this to even the city of Detroit, and we're going to have this festival surrounding this red dwarf that, you know, brings doom and gloom to the city. And we're going to try to banish him from the city. And they were just kind of like, sure, uh, sounds good. And I think that a lot of people that, you know, first presented with this festival, it's kind of like, why not? Okay, you know, I mean, maybe I've never heard of this legend before, but that sounds fun. It sounds like something I could get behind and let's do it. Yeah, and Annie, you know, in the span of about a decade, it went from maybe about 100 people, we were told, in year one to now, well over a 1,000 people taking to Midtown in the Cass Corridor on a Sunday. And Annie, it does happen every year on a Sunday a special day in the cast corridor i've been several times it really is an amazing event it's very unique and that's something that george bucus knows a thing or two about you know annie as you know very well one of your favorite places 
George Bukas owns the Temple Bar in the Cass Corridor, so he's had a front row seat to this whole thing. Yeah, and Temple Bar is definitely one of those longtime establishments within the Cass Corridor community. I mean, that bar has been there for nearly a century. And so they've obviously and literally seen it all. And so we wanted to talk to George about, you know, kind of his reaction when he first heard about this festival, but also just the kind of people that it's brought back to the community. And George brought up a really good point, which is that obviously, you know, Zach, you and I know, and we've done a podcast about this just recently, about how the Cass Corridor, you know, got this negative connotation because of all of the problems and and the crime and the issues that it started experiencing, you know, mostly in the 70s and then moving on from there. And this is just a great opportunity to bring people back to that area to kind of show them the things that have changed, to celebrate the folks that have been there this whole time that have held this neighborhood together. It's a fun day. We're opening up at 12 in the afternoon because that's the earliest we can open up on Sunday. It used to come down cast. Now it comes down second. They burn the effigy of the nun on the steps of Masonic Temple. And then the party starts. People just venture off into establishments that they haven't been to in years or that are new that they just want to check out, you know, whether it's grabbing a drink or grabbing a bite to eat or coming to dance. They're doing an event inside Masonic. I think it's in the Crystal Ballroom where it's a dance party that, you know, is open to all ages. It's fun. I don't know how else to explain it. It's just a fun day. Annie, in the previous segment, you were talking about celebrating the misfits and the people that live in the Cass Corridor. George mentioned the parade being a good time, and he's right, and Andy Lynn agrees, Andy's own city bird in the Cass Corridor since 2009, and he was an early supporter of the parade. In fact, his business, like George's, predates the parade itself. But Andy also talks about how it's a good way to show off the neighborhood itself. You can show off the quirkiness of those that live there, but the parade also shows off the businesses and the neighborhood that is the Cass Corridor, well, that is Midtown. I think what's kind of cool about the festival and the parade in general is that it's actually, it's very contained. It's not a very long procession. I think it's actually less than a mile from where it starts over at like 2nd and Canfield and then goes down to where it ends at the Masonic Temple. So it's sort of this, it gives you this like insulated glimpse of this Cass Corridor community and lets people kind of like roam. You know, it's, it's a great opportunity to kind of house it within these particular borders in this one Detroit neighborhood and celebrates that area in general, but also lets the festival and parade goers, you know, kind of wander around within the area that the parade is taking place and maybe pop into Temple Bar to have a dance party or go over to City Bird and do some shopping. We love the parade. It's such an amazing event around the neighborhood, and it brings out so much like great Detroit weirdness and flair, and I think it really shows off a lot of what the Cass Corridor has to offer. We talked about that weirdness, and I've agreed that it's our favorite part about this whole thing. Can you kind of describe what you see on Parade Day? Because it is bizarre, but it's also it's really beautiful, and it's very colorful. Yes, it is a, a wide range. You're going to see people dressed in kind of bizarre costumes. You're going to see people dressed as Detroit buildings, as like historical figures from the city's past. You'll see people with contraptions and like mechanical gizmos that they've built, like unicycles and flamethrowers and wild things. It's kind of like a Maker Faire, but also like um, Mardi Gras with a bit of Detroit flair. 
Annie, you and I have done, I don't know, about a dozen of these podcasts together now. And one of the things we've talked about multiple times in the episodes we've done is that Detroit is really good at taking the traditions of others, things that have started outside of the city, and we are really good at making it our own. And I'm not sure, after talking to the people we did for this episode, there's a better example of Detroit making something its own than the Marche de Rouge. I mean, we definitely lean into our own personal creativity and that coming from Detroit or experiencing Detroit, it's, it's not always easy here. It's hard. And, you know, kind of that cauldron can create beautiful things. And it has, you know, and music and, and cars too. Like we didn't start with it necessarily because we had to be small. And it's really about the people and sort of the handmade aspect of it. But as we've grown, we've definitely incorporated art cars, vehicles that people have decorated. And I think that as part of this tradition, too, where we've actually been able to raise some funds and and get specific art cars built or invited them in, having that aspect of Detroit culture, too, and design and, you know, having people see that and that is totally Detroit part of the parade is exploring, you know, our own culture and history and design heritage, really. You know, you, you take a look at something like COVID, and, and that's kind of a perfect, like, smaller example within the greater example of why the March of Nain Rouge was even established in the first place, which is they looked at the parade and the festival as an opportunity to kind of shed ourselves from all the negativity that had been surrounding the city. And then year after year, as the parade went on after it was first established, things improved a little bit more in Cass Corridor and in the city in general. And the parade grew and the tension around it grew and all these positive things were happening. And then there was the setback of COVID and the pandemic and the whole world shut down. Zach, you and I were talking that this was actually one of those very first things that was shut down because in March of 2020, as we all remember now, you know, things started to close and with the parade on the horizon, they they canceled it and people were surprised because nobody thought the pandemic was going to last as long as it did. And that's for sure. And now you can take something like March to Nain Rouge, which is back this year, fully formed. And it's a great example of, of just another thing where we can kind of shed all that negativity from the past, we can finally try to rid ourselves of the pandemic and then move forward. And that's what this festival is supposed to represent. So, I mean, this is kind of a perfect year for that. Anna, you know me, I don't run very much, but you can catch me on Sunday chasing that little red bastard around. I promise. (laughs) I don't doubt it. Today's big thanks go to Annie Scaramazzino, Francis Grunau, Aaron Ellis, George Bukas, and Andy Lynn. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. If you want the Daily J delivered right to you, all you have to do is subscribe using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Zach Clark, and this is the Daily J. Thanks for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.